Hey there, sweet peas. Welcome back to Friendless. I'm your host, James Avramenko, back once again with a brand new episode. This week, I am joined by actor, writer, producer, extraordinaire, Andrew Wade. We discuss the intentionality of building friendships and community, what it truly means to put your air mask on first, and stronger options to start a conversation other than how are you doing? All this and so much more. It was an absolute pleasure catching up with Andrew, and I think you're going to love this one. So buckle up, lean back, get comfy, set your volume at a reasonable level, and enjoy my interview with Andrew Wade here on Friendless. You know, it's funny. I, I was just watching one of those like YouTube tutorials on like how to interview better and like how to make, you know, audiences uh, hooked into your interviews, blah, 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 right? You know, and uh, and one of the things was like, never start an interview with, so how are you doing? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, but uh, like, I'm doing like, I'm I'm not like I'm not trying to bring on influences, right? I'm trying to like just ch- have a chat, and and I don't know. Is there? Have you ever thought of like a better way to open a conversation than how's it going? Because that's such like an a knee jerk, mm-hmm. just simple one, you know? Yeah. Well, so I am definitely the person growing up where I would take questions literally, which is a sign that I'm somewhere on some neurodivergent spectrums. Uh, but yes, I was known as the guy who would actually answer your questions if you asked them, even if it was phatic communication, which is to say like words that don't mean anything. They're just a pleasantry. Um, and so I had to learn, don't do that. Or I had to have like one of my employers once take me aside and say like, don't tell your boss that you're tired today, Mm. (laughs) even if you are. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to if it's actually to open a conversation and not just a pleasantry, um, ask if there's anything that has given them joy in the last week. So something that that. they're happy about. I Um, love that. Yeah. Kind of breaks a tendency maybe to like dive into complaining, griping, et cetera. And just like approach conversation starting from, uh positive like that here's something i'm super excited about yeah well and it's so interesting to you that it's like i know for me and it and it strikes me that that this is more common than not is that when you're asked how you are you like i i know for me i immediately do the like mental equation of like well actually nothing's okay and i'm just like always in pain and like miserable and depressed <laughs> but how safe is it for me to express that so i i have to flip to Oh, good, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's it's amazing that like a question as innocuous and as benign as like how are you is almost always impulsively answered with bad, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. My, I I had I usually hedge with a I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm doing fine. Right. <laughs> it's that that mid range. So like, if it's if they're fine with it, then fine. They're fine with it. Uh, you know, they're like, okay, cool. I was just asking. I don't actually care what the answer is. Yeah. I'm just yeah. establishing that we know each other. Yeah. Yeah. But whereas if they want to know more, they can be like, oh, just, just fine. Like, mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. and like, I can either go positive or negative from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. The fact that it's like a verbal handshake, you know, that's such a funny, funny framing for it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I have my opener, but I want to, I want to try first. I, you know what? Andrew, before we get into an introduction, I want to ask, what is one thing that has brought you joy this week? Um, a lovely friend of mine in Toronto who I have not actually seen in person in like, 
know, at least half a decade, maybe more than that, maybe a decade. Anyway, um, knows that I occasionally do mascot work. Mm. And so uh, CBC was looking for someone to do mascot work for them here in Vancouver for TikTok videos. And so last week I got to be in a giant Larry the Logo costume and uh, take sunglasses off of the face of Jason Priestley. What? Oh my God. For TikTok? And like the whole time, my brain is just going, <clears throat> don't break the priceless wing vase. Don't break the priceless wing vase. <laughs> uh, so yeah, when something just random and fantastical like that shows up, that's solely because I've been able to stay connected with people mm. uh, in some way, shape or form. Like that's, uh, yeah, magical absolutely i love the name larry the logo like how like what a what a what a like boardroom name is that uh, so boardroom name yeah i mean he's from the 70s or something but the actual character like they're going for a very like gritty style-esque <laughs> format here like, why do i like feel like this is like recyclon or whatever you know yeah it got like a backstory um, and everything you know so not for the podcast, but if you're watching on video here, I'll just uh, showcase um, Larry the logo. It's the CBC logo with a oh winking God. face, just kind of stretched across his name like George Costanza. That on is the, the uh, like, bed. That, that to me is like uh, like an Ian Malcolm, like a like what's a Jeff Goldblum sultry yeah. lean back, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you know he's sitting there. Be <laughs> he's suddenly hearing my voice. You know, you know, like the most Canadiana voice, right? You know, yep. you didn't stop to ask yourselves if you should. You just asked if you could. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. My brain's making very ADHD connections. Um, anyway, I always, I always try. My normal entry to the yeah. interview is um, a very blunt question of. Um, for I'm, listeners no, sorry. Before we get there. Mm -hmm. You haven't said something that's brought you joy this week. Oh, oh, I, uh, oh, well, okay. I was going to say that's a struggle, but I actually, I can think of one. Um, my work hours changed as of this Monday. Um, so I've been working for a company that is based in Ontario since uh, April. And uh, because of that, I've been working Ontario hours. So oh. I have been working 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. Monday to Friday mm -hmm. uh, for six months. And um, it has done a... Uh, incalculable toll on uh, so many elements of my life. Um, mm -hmm. But as of this Monday, that has changed to be a much more manageable eight to four for me. Um, so um, yeah, so I'm feeling very good about that. I get to, I get to sleep. I get to, I get to uh, be up a little bit later. You know, I get to be a real big boy mm -hmm. and stay up till 11 o'clock, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. I've one of my like dear lifelong friends works in radio and uh, mm. yeah, for the longest time he's been working. Yeah. Like the morning traffic reports and I get, yeah, he's just like, cool. If you want to socialize with me, I've got a couple hours in the afternoon here. Because... Literally, literally. Ugh. Yeah. I'll, I'll see people for like an hour at like about three, you know, and then, yeah. uh, and then it'll be like, cool. We might hang out on the weekend. I might just have to hibernate because I'll be exhausted, but you know, we'll see. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's brutal, but it's changing and, uh, and the work Great. makes it worth it, you know? So, um, I love the job, right? Mm -hmm. so, but, um, wonderful. Yeah. Um, 
so you know for, for for listeners who may not be familiar with you if they're just you know if they're just subscribers to the feed or if they just haven't haven't crossed paths with you um i always love to put a very blunt question to the guest of um who the hell are you yeah um my name's andrew wade i am a theater artist which is my way of saying i try to get people to pay me to do anything relating to theater <laughs> so sometimes I write things or act in things or stage manage uh, more recently. Um, and sometimes that's theater adjacent work, like being a mascot for TikTok videos. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, otherwise, my main source of my meager income is uh, I'm executive director for the Richmond Arts Coalition, uh, which is a small arts nonprofit uh, that we are an advocacy group, basically. So I apply for grants to pay local artists to do things and talk to politicians to try to get them to give money to the arts. Amazing. Holy shit. Um, it's one of those like, uh, oh God, those funny little like advocate positions are like, uh, in my experience, they're so fun in theory and then like crushing in in execution <laughs> so i really do tip my hat to you you know but because you are very needed but also like also i'm so sorry you know <laughs> i mean my life in the theater world and auditioning and all that has uh i feel like helped me to be able to have conversations with people and get a lot of friendly no's <laughs> mm, yes yes you know it's funny i was just talking the other day about the sort of like um the the politics of the audition room and the sort of like the really weird undercurrents of like um when you're in the when you're waiting to go into your audition and the sort of like the dynamics that happen with everybody who's sitting around and like trying to be friendly but also are all in direct competition with with, with each other for the same job you know <laughs> i'm wondering if you would would like what's what's your do you have any like any sort of experiences that spring to mind when you mm -hmm. think of that or or anything like that yeah, I mean, I feel like I fill my life with too much stuff, which mm -hmm. is helpful because if I am do end, like get into an audition room or something and someone else gets the part, I'm like, mm. cool. That means I have more room for the other things that are on my sh my shelf yeah. and my to-do list. Maybe I could read a part of a book someday. Uh, you know, so I think that helps. Also, uh yeah, I mean, if it's a show that I'm genuinely, like, you know, excited for, invested in, like, you know, I am excited if they find someone better than me and that can make great art together. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm okay with that. Hmm. So, yeah, so I don't really get too much of the the jealousy side of that. Although, I'll say with a slight exception for, like, technical skills, where I'm just sure. like, if I'm in there and someone else is just like, I don't know they want someone who maybe can play an instrument and they're just like, you know, the most stellar ukulele player you've ever heard. And I'm like, but even then that's not so much jealousy. That's more just like regret being like, yes. Hey, Andrew, why didn't you learn the thing? Why mm. didn't you figure out how to like keep staring in one direction as you're spinning? Fuck though. Yes. You know, I have that conversation with myself all the time and I used to really fall back on that one when sort of like consoling people about certain elements of that stuff would be this idea of like, you know, someone getting a part isn't actually a loss for you, you know, because like you, you didn't put in that work, you put in the work somewhere else. And that, and like, that doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't make you, you lacking in something. It's just that 
well, you know, like you say, you focus somewhere else. And so like, that'll mean when the opportunity does come up, you'll have a leg up in that regard, you know? And, yeah. and so just, st- just keep shooting for that, you know? Yeah. And there are a couple of times in my life where I've been told, like, I, I love being told like why I didn't get a part. Because uh, it's so rare, but like once say, it was that sounds so masochistic. But but please go yeah. on. Yeah. Well, the couple of times I like hold on to her. One time it was literally I did not get the part because I was too short. They mm-hmm. needed someone taller in order to fit the role, mm-hmm. and for who they had already cast. Right. I was like, cool. All right. Well, I mean, on the one hand, if you knew that part was cast, you shouldn't have brought me into the audition room. But yes. on the other hand, like that's entirely out of my control. Bingo. Or another time I was yeah auditioning for one of like a pair of comedy characters and they could either make them both very quite young or both or both quite old. Mm. And like and they went with the quite old pair. And I'm like, cool. Again, nothing I have control over. Yeah. So well wonderful. and and it's and it's amazing how often that's what it comes down to. You know, I think that there's an impulse. I know when I was auditioning, I always had this impulse of like, oh, it's because I'm a piece of shit. And it's because mm-hmm. I stuck at this and I did the worst audition ever. And every time I'm going in there, I'm getting worse and yada, yada, yada. Right. And then you get behind you get behind the audition table and you get on the other side and you realize that it's like so much of casting is like, well, we already have this person. and They have brown hair. So we have to do it. We have to, cast, you know, and it's like, no, no, no. We can't just dye their hair. No, 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 no. We have it's like that. That saves us. You know, that's that's an hour's work and twenty dollars of the budget. You know, we have to go with the person who already oh, has course. brown hair, right? You know. Yeah, like I mean, I'm slightly, slightly hurt that I can't apply for uh, to try to like be a character on a Disney cruise because they only accept men, I think five three and under, or like five eleven or and up or something. Oh, those that's what they have costumes for, right? But yeah. on the other hand, I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I'm glad that you put that up front, so now I yeah. don't have to care it's just completely arbitrary right you know yeah yeah. you know you i want to i want to come back to something you said earlier that i'm really interested in and this is something that i've been really focusing a lot in lately on my sort of like my own personal work my own personal development and it's something you said about like maintaining long-term connections and obviously we're going to get to the deeper friendship questions and stuff like that but i'm really curious about your sort of practice and your experience and and how you frame like maintaining not only connections in person and, and in and in you know in your life, but also these like more strained you know whether they're long term, long distance, you know those kinds of connections like that. Yeah, I do a few things. I mean, I'll start by saying, uh, you know, the theory of like relationship degradation. Um, I mean, I know that because I'm ADHD, it doesn't happen. But uh... yeah, so also. <laughs> Also ADHD here. Yes. Um, so I find I kind of have like the, the two switches. There's the like, well, yes, I continue to absolutely like, you know, my, how I feel about this person hasn't changed just because time has elapsed. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's the alternate of um, also just memory wise. If I've completely forgotten someone because we had a really nice, nice conversation once, but it hasn't like, and you know, the flashcards haven't been put up in front of my face often enough. Yes then there it's either like yeah i've maintained my exactly how i feel about you or i've forgotten you entirely mhm mhm um so with that in mind uh yeah i like to try to put myself in front of people somewhat so like on like my facebook feed like i was doing a just a daily personal 
practice of like, gratitude, just like great stuff today. What was some great things today? Mm-hmm. Mostly that was that I could try to keep those things in my head um, in like the, the last like half hour or so before I was going to sleep. Um, Cause I would find I would wake up happier if I was thinking about those things instead of uh, dwelling on the, the 3 a.m. glums, mm-hmm. the anxiety causing things that like to creep in there. The devil's um, so hour. Anyway, yeah. So I just started putting those on Facebook. And then as a result, people have been more aware of what I've been up to in the world as well. So that's been one way to get myself in front of people. And then otherwise, I do have probably for about a dozen people now in my calendar, I have repeating like message X person that I want to keep in touch with because I'm like, mm-hmm. some people do have relationship degradation. Mm-hmm. Also, if something's not in front of me, I will forget it's an option, including mm-hmm. friends. So. I've got some people where it's like once a month or once every like 45 days, once every 60 days, just like a little reminder of like, hey, you should message that friend of yours. I love that. And have you set that up with like a with like a calendar or an app or like how do you just do that? Google Calendar? Yeah, just Google Calendar. There's just a, a to do task that repeat that or a calendar item. Uh, yeah, that shows up. That's so, so it's like fantastic. repeat every 45 days. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I had just recently discovered an app that's really similar to that, uh, that I'm forgetting the name of now. I'm just frantically, oh, it's called, I don't know if it's Fabric or Fabric, uh, Fabric with a Q. Um, And it's like a friendship building app of like, you make these circles Mm. and it's like people to contact once a week, people once a month, people once, you know, Um, and, Mm -hmm. uh, and I, of course, forgot to use it. You know, I got it all set up and then uh, notifications on my phone always stress me out so i i turn off notifications and then i forget to check the, anyway it doesn't you know but yeah. um i like i like your 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 pattern a lot i think i might try emulating that um mm-hmm. it sounds really yeah. helpful it it really is and then also if i've found i've like just like deleted the, the being like no nah, i actually don't want to message that person like a few times in a row and being like all right maybe i don't actually want to keep interacting with this person and yeah. that's okay which is mm-hmm. also something that I have a hard time figuring out. Getting people out of your life, even if it, especially, I think it's like, it, for me, it's so strange is that it's like, I find the people that I'm most like anxiously attached to are actually probably the hardest to get out of. The people who I'm like, no, I genuinely need you not in my life, but I'm like, for some reason, not able to. Mm-hmm. But then the other really hard one is the people who I'm just sort of like, okay. <laughs> you know like it's just sort of like the peter out you know like yeah um how how have you landed with that stuff recently is that has that been a a common uh, thing for you or i mean i find i t- i take the petering out hard because again the whole lack of relationship degradation type thing mm-hmm. typically so i'm just like oh i take this personally like oh no we just don't have okay oh, what have i done have i done something wrong mm-hmm. did i say something incorrectly because i can do that yeah. Was I? Un- mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that's not a good place to be in. Nope. Uh, but yeah, I just yeah. So yeah, so I'm still working on that one. Mm, yeah. Uh, I mean, for a lot, I don't know, for you can kind of see in the background there. I've got a an old like it's it's a drawing I've made in elementary school of like Andrew the Knight. Amazing. Um, and it's just like I I've. I mean, it's a knight, but I feel like in D and D terms, I'm cleric class, and which, you know, by which I mean, like, you know, if I feel like I can still be like helpful to someone in their life, then I'm like, well, we have to keep interacting with them. So, you know, how 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 can I assist? How can you know, so okay, this is something that uh, you know, you're you're 
that, that just sparks my brain so big. It's something I've been dealing with like directly in my life recently. And, and I'd love to hear your experience with, you know, if there's something similar for you is this idea that it's like, when you see someone in your life who you care about and they're having a hard time with something, uh, but you, you can't, the, the only way you can actually help. I'm I, When I say you, I'm actually saying me just so you know, this is how my brain unpacks. The only way I can actually help is by actually disengaging and by not actually being around and by giving space and by essentially disappearing. But my like anxious attachment and my like savior complex and, and all the other things that come into play are like, but I can see what's wrong and I want to help. And then that in turn just like makes things worse, you know? And, I, and I'm wondering in your experience, how have you, like, it, does that ring true to you? And then also like, how, what have you done to sort of like shift that within yourself? Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, oh, I, when I was at U- UVic, uh, so yeah, same time you were, mm-hmm. uh, for some of it, um, I would t- was involved in the peer helping, which is like basically volunteers, very simple counseling. Uh, and I also like to put a pin. I want to talk to you about counseling stuff. Um, mm, but absolutely. Um, but yeah, so. One of the things just learning there was like when you're listening to people, you know, when people have issues, um, you know, there are different modes that people can be in and different modes of helping. Mm. So, you know, the problem solving mode, which is the one I, of course, jump to, mm-hmm. like basically if they want problems, if they're in a mode for to solve problems, great, you can help them out. Mm-hmm. But the other mode is, you know, the mode of listening where they just need to be like processing what they're what they're feeling, what they're going through, but not taking any actions. Mm-hmm. That's a separate thing. And you want to try to figure out which of the two for helping. Um, and then also there's the someone has you know, knows what they need to do, like decision has been made to do a thing. But that space of before actually doing making the decision is also very necessary for a lot of pe- tasks, a lot of people, a lot of like times in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I find like you know if, if it's in like that kind of space, then if I can see that, then that's helpful for me being like, all right, there's nothing I can do to help at this moment mm-hmm. because you're you know it's not a I, you need me to listen to you, not a you need me to help brainstorm solutions with you. Uh, you need to just be like sitting in where you are. Yeah. Um, so it's I mean, one so of those situations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, and I'm usually in that space for something or other in my life at any given time. <laughs> uh, it's frustrating, but yeah. it's real. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there are other times. Yeah. I mean, if the best way to help someone is to not be engaging with them, like that's. Yeah. Um Oh, just being cognizant of that and, you know, deleting the recurring calendar item to go and message them. (laughs) (laughs) I I also find that it's like, um, it's this cross for me between like essentially FOMO, like the desire to be aware of things, but then also Mm -hmm. that leading to impulsivity, you know, because it's like, you know, phones make contact so easy you know, and social media makes contact so easy. So it's like, it's so hard to get the distance that I need when I don't want to disconnect, you know, forever, but I, but I really need to right now, you know? Um, And, and, and I struggle with the, you know, because I, you know, I'm autistic and ADHD and those two things, while they're like very common comorbidities are also 
in in the way they show up are basically in direct opposition. So it's like I need routine, but I crave impulse, you know, uh-huh. and and because of that, it's like I need to see to feel calm. But if I see then I'm going to be uh, escalated, you know, and yep. and 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 it's finding ways to tolerate that balance without just becoming this fucking gremlin which is what i've been for the vast majority of my life you know i'm only i'm only really having these realizations about myself in the last like 2 years maybe you know and uh-huh. so it's like i look back and i'm like oh jesus christ i think about someone like you and i'm like oh you knew me when i was just like out there self-medicating unfucked diagnosed <laughs> with anything just a fucking goon you know uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> And I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry for I, anything and everything, you know? <laughs> I, I, I was, uh, yeah, not an ideal human being back then either. I mean, still I'm not, but like this be an improvement. <laughs> super fair, super fair. Um, uh, you, uh, you said something real quick, though. You said you wanted to pin something about counseling. I'd love to hear what that was about. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, though I did that stuff, you know, you know a dec- more than a decade ago now, Um I well, just recently this year <clears throat> ended up doing about a half dozen counseling sessions. Um, part of that was I was, um, I mean, I do my own shows and fringe festivals. I've been like 27 fringe festivals in the last decade in different cities. Um, and um, anyway, so one of them was going to Toronto to go and uh, do a two-hander uh, with someone who knew the show very well and was like, hey, we should do this show together, but was also my ex-girlfriend. And it was a show where ah. my character gets abandoned by her character every show. So I was like, maybe I should do some counseling before and after, just in case. Anyway, long way of saying, so I did like a half dozen sessions over the last half year. Um, and I don't, I find like super helpful to like be talking through things especially things that i don't feel comfortable talking about with other people mm-hmm. uh you know in a safe place all of that but also i found if i had like two counseling sessions too close to each other i'd get frustrated because i'd be like nothing's changed i'm still mm-hmm. stuck in the same spot i was last time i was here mm-hmm. and if you're someone who uh you know has more as from listening to friendless more regularly mm-hmm. been going to counseling for longer and so forth yeah uh yeah like what do you do with that feeling of like am i yeah that lack of progress feeling if you in the room like that i'm so familiar with it and actually you know what you vocalizing that kind of clicked a few things into my brain sometimes i don't like sometimes i don't realize something i'm doing something until it's pointed out in someone else or pointed out to me, you know, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, the way you said it was much more gently, ge- uh, gentle than the way sometimes it's explained to me, which is fine. But, um, but, uh, I, at times am going to therapy for like, not for progress, but literally for like expulsion, you know, like, like last year I ramped up my therapy because I was like, I need uh, an anchor, you know, I need someone who I know I can go to once a week to basically exercise the demons of what's going on in my life, you know, Um, because I was in massive, massive panic trauma mode, you know, Um, just processing everything that happened to me, Um, you know. Um, Now at other times though, like right now, um 
if my therapy sessions are too close together, I absolutely have that same reaction where I'm like, I the second session is less productive because I'm like, well, I didn't fucking do any of this. So what the fuck, you know? But mm-hmm. but so I have this magic roughly I'll go depending on where I'm at, I'll go between every two and three weeks. Um because that gives me space to forget what the last session talked about. Um, and then I get to see what stuff sticks naturally versus what stuff I want to continue to address. Um, and I think because, you know, I'm really lucky. I, I have a therapist who I've been with for, uh, I think, over three years now, the same guy. And <laughs> so I have a really deep trust with him. And I have like a level of intimacy with him that is very hard to find you know it's something i'm trying to find in other connections i'm trying to find in friendships and all those things you know and it just takes time um um and so like i think for me therapy is less about progress in general it's less about the week to week it's more about the year to year you know and even then it's not even about that it's a it's it's you know i've talked about on the show recently about like Therapy isn't to fix you because you're not broken, you know, like there's nothing, there's nothing broken about a neurodivergent brain. There's nothing broken about a traumatized brain. There's nothing broken about brains. There's, there's just stuff that we routinely do that we notice doesn't help us out as much as we'd like it to, you know? And, and so for me, it's not about progress so much as like taking the energy and the thoughts and the behaviors that are already there and channeling them in a in a more helpful way for me day to day, you know. Um, so like taking angry James and instead of letting him be angry at James, take angry James and let him like protect me, you know, and be like, fuck, no, you don't get to fuck with my mood today because I'm happy all fucking day, no matter what or or whatever it's going to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, it's less about like looking at progress and more just like trying stuff that works. And then if it sticks, great. And if it doesn't stick, sort of like figuring out why it didn't stick and then seeing if it was even worth sticking, <laughs> you know, because like a lot of the a lot of the tips are about like, just think different. And it's like, well, I have I'm autistic. I'm that's not going to happen. You know, like it's just not going to happen. You know, like mm-hmm. like I how many fucking times have I bought a you know, a day planner because it's like it's on sale or it's pretty or whatever the fuck. And I use it for two days and then it gets thrown out. You know, um, like it's just never this just never going to happen. That doesn't mean I haven't made progress. Doesn't mean I haven't fucking changed somewhere else. It just means I'm never going to use a fucking bullet journal, you know? <laughs> yeah, I tried one. Tried. I tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. R.I.P. You know? <laughs> yeah. And and like what what works this year might not work next year, especially Bingo. if you're, uh, you know, the ADHD brain where novelty is helpful. Exactly. Um, yeah, I definitely, any kind of like productivity plan type thing I have, I'm always like, I got to cycle through to something slightly different every once yes. in a while. Yeah. And uh, I do, but I, I like hearing that, that idea of sometimes therapy could be like problem solving or like get, you know, try, you know, trying to that kind of growth. And sometimes it's just, how can you take how you are that week and focus it in a mm. different way? Mm-hmm. You know, so you're not changing who you are. You're just adjusting your, I guess, mindfulness around it. Yeah. 
So much of the, like, it, it was really interesting, actually, especially, like, I'm so happy to have been able to work with this this same guy as long as I have because I'm we're now at this stage where I get to see, like, stuff he was sort of testing out with me at the start that I was clearly not ready for. And now we're coming back to it. And I'm like, wait, you had me do this in our, like, third session. He was like, yeah, I shouldn't have, you know? <laughs> you know? but like but just like you know not because it was like bad or anything but because it was just like it it was too much you know and Mm -hmm. you know he had me doing things like personifying emotions and getting these different versions of myself to talk to each other and and thank each other you know sad james thanking angry james angry james thanking you know lazy james whatever you know um and and recognizing that every one of those roles played a really key protective measure for me you know like recognizing that there's no such thing as a good or a bad emotion there's just how we enact those emotions you know anger is really good it's really protective um it also can lead to violence on other people which is not good you know and so it's like it's um it's not the emotion that's bad it's the actions that come out of it you know and and so you know, now we're back on this stuff where we're really we're we're shifting the roles of of you know. I keep on focusing on Angry James because he's he's uh, he's been very loud, especially recently. So you know, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to make sure he knows he's seen, he's heard. It's okay. He is thanked, but he can also take a coffee break. You know. Yeah, I, I used to describe myself as someone who like I was angry as a kid and like through like high school and such. I like changed and just like lost my anger mm-hmm. to a certain amount, mm-hmm. but also. You like I can. It's just less likely. I think it gets challenged, channeled into other emotions all the time. Yeah. Um, but it does also mean I um, very much a frog in boiling water type person. By exactly. which I mean like the frog in the pot. Where I'm just like, this is fine, no matter where I am. This and suddenly is okay. it's not. Like, and I'm just like, but normal. Yeah, like I can live in like a this is fine for far too long. Yep. Whereas, um, you know, I it has caused me to feel I I need to like reach out to other people and make sure I stay connected with other people who have strong senses of injustice Mm. and like, you know, Mm -hmm. of, you know, no, these things have to change, uh, you know, just as a, as a balancing force. Yeah. 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 So yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and the role, the role of anger in my life has been protective for so long, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, um, and I, I want to, channel that impulse into good you know i don't not for righteousness i don't believe in righteous causes i don't think anybody could be righteous you know but um Mm -hmm. but uh but uh for good you know but uh but we're but i mean god i'm spinning myself out on this because it's like i mean good is like i mean for myself because i can only do good for myself that's the only person i can do good for you know and i think i think one of the things that fucks us up about like something like social media is that it like it ramps us up and it ratchets up our emotions and then it also makes us like impotent and powerless you know because we're just all we're doing is sitting on our couch fucking scrolling a little piece of glass that's it we're not actually interacting with anything but we're suddenly so fucking dysregulated about all the craziness of the world you know and and then we just like put it back in our pocket and go get a sandwich i don't i don't know i don't know what the fuck people do but you know like it's so <laughs> weird yeah, there's a, a, a lefty podcast, uh, Sandy and Nora, 
Um, and again, being the frog in boiling water, I'm not like always a hundred percent with the, with the, with them. Uh, but, um, they do like a lot of the time I am, and I appreciate that just being like trying to pull my own Overton window mm. <laughs> more over, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, they talk about frequently just how like, they're, they, I mean, they're social activists and trying to get activism happening and people engaged requires humans in the same room engaging with each other yes and the yeah it it's kind of it's so easy to i mean not even like satisfyingly but like placate yourself if you are trying to like change the world by mm -hmm. you know the few a couple few little posts on social media and then get distracted by something else yeah um whereas real change requires uh, you know, re movements require more than that. They require physical. more, in yeah, more physical engagement. Yeah. As as far as I'm concerned, and this is a deep oversimplification and a little too pithy, even for my taste. But like, nothing will change in our society so long as as smartphones exist. You know, like it's just it really it just it just can't it can't because we'll always get distracted. You know, so long like like there's no such thing as free speech if the same platform you're being free to speak on is being run by the people who are actively stamping down those movements, you know, mm -hmm. like that's not your platform, you know, look at what happened yeah. to Twitter. That, that, the, that wasn't the people's voice, you know, Instagram mm -hmm. is not your platform. It's someone else's and they just allow you on it for a bit, you know? <laughs> yeah. My, my, my very slight pushback on that would be, uh, you know where it's so so easy to get distracted by our phones etc i'm like again as both both of us being clinically diagnosed with adhd yes as long as adhd people have their phones with them it'll be very difficult for adhd people to do other things to yes. like follow through on change yes uh, yes but, You're totally... but i firmly believe there are you know the neurodiversity of people there are people out there who will not be so distracted by their phones that yes. they can't follow through yeah yeah that's just my thinly veiled threat if i get me 15 milligrams of adderall and take my phone away and watch out world you know <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yes. So I I want to shift into into sort of one of the more one of the more core questions. You know, we we we've we've touched on it a few times already and and talking about maintaining connections and 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 these kinds of things and you know, as 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 you know from the show, so much of this centers around my internal dialogue and my internal monologue and you know, Angry James plays a part in this in this conversation of like, have I been a good friend? What is a friend? How do I show up as a friend? Why don't I have friends? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm sounding like that fucking John C. Riley character. <laughs> you know, what is a friend? <laughs> Can I have a friend? You know, but uh, mm -hmm. but but at the core of it is the question of what it is to be a friend. And I'm really curious for you, what what does that mean to be a friend? All right. Well, first, I have a somewhat ridiculous legalistic answer for you yes. uh, which is as someone like again who like needed definitions for words like i'm the kind of person where and like i included this in the one personal storytelling show i've done at fringes before like i in church as a kid would refuse to sing certain words if i know it didn't know what they meant because mm. otherwise i could be like lying to god uh <laughs> like the word love uh so anyway uh so uh i like i i encountered that this question like yeah so how do i know if someone's my friend or not and my definition growing up 
and still kind of to this day is a friend is someone for whom we have intentionally met up for the purpose of seeing each other mm. it's like such a specific like objective thing like yes it wasn't that we both happened to be at the same parties you know it wasn't that you know we both happened to be on the same like you know team playing a sport or something it's like no no we intentionally were like hey do you want to meet up and chat and we'll go do a thing or something i'm mm -hmm. like cool then you are no longer my friendly acquaintance you are now my friend mm -hmm. uh and having that definition in my brain is partly what made it hard to like lose friends. I'm like, but but we met the definition. Yeah, but I chose you. Yeah, I don't understand. Um, so it's a very silly definition, but also I mean, I love it. I, get, I I mean, I was gonna say maybe it's the neurodivergence in me, but I hear that and I'm like, yeah, spot on. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah <laughs> great, great, wonderful. <laughs> uh, yeah, but more more specifically, yeah, I think it does involve. Um, oh, yeah, be folks who are able, who who wish to support each other mm. um, in on an ind individual basis as opposed to a communal basis. Mm. And, yeah. and, and for you, what does it look like for someone to support you, I guess, is, is, you know, I mean, you know, we mm. can talk about supporting others, but it's like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost realizing I've been asking the question wrong for a long time of like, what? What does support look like for you? That is a very good question. Um, I feel like I orient my so much of what I do around like not wanting to be a bother to other people or not wanting, you know, like being like, yeah, uh, so much like being very, just very mindful of other people in that way that I don't ask for support as much. This is probably why most of those 27 fringe shows have been solo produced, performed everything's <laughs> uh, not to be a bother or anything, but you know, yes, yes, <laughs> no, no. And like my main job with the arts coalition is uh, pr mostly me, occasionally other people for specific projects and then my nine volunteer bosses. So in a way it's like I'm running a solo business. Uh, so there's, uh, yeah. Elements of uh, how do I have folks support me? I mean, if they can, if they can get me to like go to bed after my uh, ability to make choices has ended for the day, that would be nice. Mm. Um, uh, also, I mean, um, you know, I have a lovely like flatmate who likes to cook. So mm. like specifically like, hey, Andrew, you haven't eaten today. Have some food. Yes. Yes. That's super helpful. So I guess like, helping me feel like the physical needs that I just put off, mm -hmm. I guess, or don't pay enough attention to is a wonderful way. Um, being a sounding board, being someone that I can help because, you know, that helps fill my self-worth if I'm helping them. Uh, so yeah, being able to support other people, I guess, helps support me in my own state, mental state. I uh, love that. I love yeah. that. Oh man, I'm I just like yeah, no, I'm I'm loving that. I I'm 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 trying to kind of like just take it in because it's like it's just really sweet, you know. And it's very. I think I heard you know hearing you talk about like not wanting to be a bother. I just like it's interesting hearing it said aloud from someone else because it's like your needs aren't a bother, you know. And and yet at the same time too, it resonates with me because I'm so familiar with that impulse too, you know. Mm -hmm. I've so it's hitting that, me a little hard. <laughs> yeah. Like a simple example of that that's come to mind recently is, uh, so uh, yeah, someone I've been dating, um, they're, they, they're very aware of when people like sidewalk chicken 
because um you know they're them uh being someone who is not like you know uh powerful white cis male you know mm-hmm. da, 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 i own the sidewalk etc mm-hmm. like you know it bothers them like they, they notice that like other people aren't getting out of their way type thing yeah. whereas I just automatically am like, well, I have to, I'm going to get out of their way before they even know that I'm there. Like I'm happy to walk on this grass here so that I'm not, because if we get too close and then we, and then I move, then like, they're like, you know, they've had that moment of like, Oh no. Um, Mm. Right. And I've already bothered them at that point. And I'm happy to just wait to step onto the grass there. So I'm eager. And, you know, I like the game of like weaving in or in out, like, you know, liquid form through people. Like, you know, I, I will make way for all of you. This is fun for me. This is great. No one's bothered. Also, my alternate version is me like being lost in a podcast and not noticing anyone, in which case I'm the the, the a-hole who's I just like walked straight through the sidewalk. Sure, sure. And I'm like, so I, I feel like I got to balance it out a little bit. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but the, compare that to like person I'm dating where they're like, yeah, they have that sense of like justice of like, no, no, like, you know, other people need to, you know, they need to know that they should get out of the way. So here's uh, something that came out of my the last time I was at counseling. Mm. Um, do you believe that doing, and it's about definitions, so uh, word definitions. Do you believe that doing something for yourself is selfish? No, not even a little bit. Um, I, you know, it's there's a really common, uh, I don't even have to think about that one because, uh, because, because, it's such a core of my therapy um there's a really common image of like you put your air mask on first when the plane is crashing Mm -hmm. you don't put on someone else's you know um and to me putting on the air mask is more than just oh i'm in a life-threatening situation it's like you're on planet earth you're alive on planet earth you're always in a life-threatening situation (laughs) you know oxygen is technically poison you know (laughs) like like we're Mm -hmm. we're always in a type of danger you know like like planet earth is plummeting through the vacuum of space so fast that it pushes us onto the planet which we then call gravity you know like it's like we're always Mm -hmm. in danger so i'm not saying always be worried about it i'm just saying like there's sort of no moment in your life where you're not in a falling airplane, you know? Yeah. Um, there's just times where you're allowed to forget that, uh, <laughs> you know? But, uh, but, um, but because of that, like, as long as it's not like a malicious choice of like, well, I want the cookies, so I'm taking it. And I, and that way you don't have any cookies, you know, like that's being a dickhead. But if it's like, I see you're in pain, but I'm exhausted and I cannot hold this with you. That's not a selfish act, you know, like um, I think it feels painful. I know it's felt painful for me in the past because of bad boundaries, bad boundaries on, on my part, you know, of, of, of overgiving and then exhausting myself and then actually becoming resentful of that person, you know? So, so obviously it, it's actually an act of kindness to remove myself because inevitably it'll create bad feelings later if I don't, you know? Um, so, so yeah, Yeah. I think, I think that's, I think it's inherently generous to be not self-serving, but to be self-focused, you know? Yeah. Like I, I, 
intellectually, I understand the whole idea of like an act of kindness. You know, if if it's an act of kindness to yourself, that's still an act of kindness. Exactly. Right. But I'm like a greater act of kindness to myself, or it could be a lesser act of kindness for someone else. You know, the whole like I don't have like the the, the ability to like to assist you much right now, but I'm gonna try anyway. Mm. Uh, I'm like. My, my brain has a little hard time like grokking that because again, totally. frog in boiling water. I'm like, yeah. well, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Even if, you know, but I can't guarantee other person will because I can't be inside their brain. Yeah. So therefore I have to try too hard. Yep. Well, and uh, at the same time too, at the same time too, is that like the moment that boiling water is too much, you're already in it. And so now, now both of you are fucked, you know? So it's like, it's better for you to not put them in that boiling water with you you know mm-hmm. um because then you're already in and so like you you know it's better like i used to have a boss who used to always say never play up never make a plan you might cancel you know so because she would always say like if you're gonna do it do it be be true to your word but if you think you won't then don't you know like like it's always better to just not agree to something that you might cancel later than to like be wishy-washy you know and i think that that's a part of the same thinking of like if you think you might not be able to hold all of it don't hold any of it you know because because especially when it comes to people's like mental health and it when when it comes to their vulnerability and their well-being if you are taking on even a part of that and then have to drop it that's gonna be some form of trauma you know like not not super super not meaning to be so escalated in that but it's like Mm -hmm. i mean it could be you know um and so like you have to be so fucking careful if you're gonna take on other people's emotions and other people's well-being um and and i think i know i've been careless and i think a lot of people are careless and i and i don't mean to be calling you this because i do this all the time but i do think that that is careless to to know that you might not be okay but to still like stiff upper lip it and grit through it you know what i mean yeah, um i got those at least 500 years of english people in my background telling me to stiff upper lip yeah exactly <laughs> so. exactly and what did the british empire lead to imperialism you know <laughs> like, you know that's why we still got now we have fucking king charles on our money someday i don't know i don't think he's been updated yet but he's gonna be and like you know yeah fuck that guy <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah I, that, I pose that question. Stiff upper lip gets you. Yeah, <laughs> I pose that because we were talking about counseling. I was like, that was like one thing. Yeah, I'm like that I'm working through because I had that question posed to me. Is doing something for yourself? Do you believe doing something for yourself is selfish? My mm. immediate instinctive answer was yes, mm. and then my pause, think about it for a moment. Answer was yes. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, you know, yeah. building out from the question of the friendship, and this I think really mm-hmm. actually ties into this question too. You know in the news this new season i've introduced this new concept talking about community and what community means you know Mm -hmm. and and you know we've been a part of the theater community you know um i'm i'm reintegrating myself into the queer community you know after after years of essentially recloseting myself you know and and um and and you know you hear a term like community thrown around a lot and and I've become almost deaf to it in in a certain way. Um, and I'm really 
trying to figure out what it, it's another word like friend that like I'm trying to figure out like am I a good community member do I show up in community like what what does that even mm-hmm. mean and and I think to start is to ask what that what that word is and so to you what does it mean to be in community mm-hmm. I specifically the phrase being in community with people um to me resonates a lot with again growing up going to church and such and you know so I'm not um, religious now, like I don't believe in the the fundamental myth- mythology and such, um, but I also have a hard time, like, um, completely like railing against like the uh, against the concept of of religion. It's partly because of that community aspect where I recognize that for a lot of people, like you know, people. For the most part, people do things because they get something. They're, they're, you know, there's some sort of benefit they're finding, whether it's wholly beneficial, wholly helpful, can be debated. But being in community with people there means that there are people who you may not know at all. You may be like introducing yourself but for the first time. You may just vaguely see them. You know they're, they live somewhere near you. But because you're in community with them, you feel like you can sit down with a coffee after a sermon and have like a deep, meaningful conversation with them mm-hmm. about issues that require a kind of intimacy mm-hmm. um, that you don't, wouldn't have with just like random person on the street because you're together in community with them. Um, you know, you're automatically um, part of the us if there's an, an us and them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people in the world don't have that otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and that leads to a lot of people who need therapy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so I guess that's one w- definition of being in community. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, th- I've been trying to ponder like difference between like a community versus a culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause like a culture has like, yeah, um, kind of like norms and boundaries and such that are generally agreed upon um, by people there. Um, like if you go to like an arts conference or something, there will be a culture there mm-hmm. that allows for certain things and whatnot um, and certain perspectives. And if like you're a raging racist, you're not uh, accepted in that culture, sure. that kind of thing. Um, but it, that's slightly different from it's also a community. It's a community of people where because you have the enough in common and such, you feel like you can sit down and have a deep, meaningful conversation with people there about not about everything, maybe, but about some things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's an expectation of support, I guess, mm-hmm. that doesn't exist for people who are not in of the same community. Mm. I love that. I can't even elaborate on that. That's just perfect. You fucking nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it, Andrew. Question uh, answered. Question uh, answered. I never have to ask that question again. <laughs> I, this is, yeah, I, I'm I'm the person who likes to find definitions for things. So. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yes. Um, how do you find yourself building community? Like, do you, how do you find like? I've been posing this question recently of like, how do you make friends? Because I'm 36 mm-hmm. and I have no friends. But uh, but it's more about. I think it's deeper than that. Of like. Yeah, how do you make friends? How do you build a community? And how do you find yourself build like, you know, showing mm-hmm. up in community? <sighs> I mean, I think there are healthy and unhealthy ways to do it. Um, you know. 
some people, uh, you know, like political, you know, people who build political communities through politics in, you know, ways uh, nice and mean, um, you know, some, you're, it's totally possible to build a community based on othering other people. Mm. Um, you know, like, hey, look, we're the us, because look at, all, look at those others over there. You're not one of those others. Therefore, you're one of us. Mm. Now we're a community. Mm. Um, so that is one way to do it. I don't recommend mm. it. Um, <laughs> Otherwise, uh, yeah, I mean, just bringing people together to work, collaborate together on things, um, I feel like helps um, create community. Uh, you know, I mean, it's harder to establish community if it's a speed dating scenario type thing where you're just like, here's two, here, two people talk. Yep. I'm like, great, but... If you can figure out that, hey, you say your culture matches in terms of norms, et cetera, uh, through creating a theater show, through playing a, a ball hockey game, whatever, through going to a pro wrestling show, yes. then uh, that helps. Uh, that said, uh, yeah, I mean, building communities larger than just like one-on-one -on -one conversations is something that I'm still working more on. And I guess part of that is because of just, yeah, how my brain works. Well, I'll put that to you. Uh, what, what do you feel is the difference between community and culture? I think that culture isn't, safe i think that's where it goes for me in my brain is that culture um also like culture isn't people community is people and culture is things that people do um mm. like like culture is art but art isn't people you know it's just something people do i think that's i i don't have a clear definition in my brain or a clear delineation but i i guess in a in a sort of a boiled down way it's that like community is people and culture is like things whether that's ideas or objects or or you know be, even behaviors um because i don't necessarily see like people as behavior people are people and then people do things and they're sort of different you know it, it sort of stems from that idea of like you're not your thoughts you know like like there's who you are and then there's what you think and those are actually separate beings you know um and mm -hmm. so so when it comes down to like culture culture to me yeah is like artifacts and sometimes an artifact is a thought that gets repeated and sometimes an artifact is you know a, a water bottle <laughs> you know or a fucking statue or whatever the fuck it is you know whereas community is like essentially a chosen group of likely friends you know um friends could be a tenuous word but like you know it's a community of people who are choosing to be together whereas culture is what happens when a bunch of people get together and do stuff you know um mm -hmm. and and it feels less safe to me community evokes a word of uh, a sentiment of safety and culture doesn't necessarily evoke safety for me all right so follow up sorry just tying on to yeah, that yeah fuck mm -hmm. uh, do you feel either your definition your feeling for community or culture have an element of like morality, even like you know a, a non-religious morality associated with them. 
Like, do you feel, um, you know, uh, either one? Yeah, you can have. I, sorry, however that responds to you. Yeah, no, I, you. it's an interesting framing. I really like it. It's, it's tough to say. I think. I try personally. I do try to dismantle moralistic thinking in my process. I understand why people do it and I don't discourage others from doing it, but I don't personally find it very helpful for me, um, mm -hmm. which some people might find immoral, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> um, but, but I, I try as best I can to frame stuff out of a morality spectrum. It, it's like, it's it, it to me i'll give you an example of like um there's like what's called like ethical non-monogamy and then there's the term that jessica fern former guest of the show she wrote a book called polysecure and she calls it consensual non-monogamy and that to me is a really really beautiful nuance where it's like ethics just like moralities or morals are are subjective you know, mm -hmm. like it's like and they change. And so they're actually very mm -hmm. unsafe. You know, morals are really unsafe. Some of the worst fucking things ever done to humanity were argued because of morals. You know, mm -hmm. it was moral to to do whatever mm -hmm. fucking atrocity you want to list, you know, um, whereas like consent, it, it, it's not that it's more black and white because consent is still is still in in certain, you know, arguments tricky but um but it's more about giving uh agency to the thought right you know like like consent is is about agency within within that whereas mm -hmm. morals and 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 ethics are are actually kind of about removing agency and being like well i was told it was moral so i could do it you know just following orders you know um so and so i guess if i was to double this back th this is the thought processing uh, about these these terms i think i don't think i instinctively impulsively put those terms but i think if i had to look at them from that light i think i would look at community f uh, to me that word evokes feelings of safety which evoke you know what you could call mm -hmm. good morals um and culture kind of evokes bad morals it kind of evokes danger mm -hmm. so it, i guess i would I, that would be the the, the lens you know do you need yeah, to pause? Yeah, yeah. Is that your? Is that your? Was that your phone? No, that was a car outside. Oh, sorry. Uh, okay, okay. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, and even your specific example of ethical non-monogamy as a term versus consensual non-monogamy as a term. Um, yeah, I think of that, and I think of community as being a place that has a lot more consent involved in terms exactly. of yeah, people consensually agreeing to be together and not required as whereas. Uh, you can have a non-consensual uh, uh, culture. Exactly. A culture where where consent is not well considered. Bingo, right? Yeah, it's called, yeah. you know, most societies that have ever existed, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's why they have non a counterculture, you know? Yeah. like not right? always non-consent in, like, the same places in the mm -hmm. culture, but mm -hmm. in different places. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly, right, you know? And and also realizing that it's like, you know, to me, like culture, you know, I once framed it in my brain as like culture is renewing and changing every time someone is born, 
because culture isn't mm-hmm. inherent it's learned you know it's not it's not it's not an inherent truth you know pink isn't always for girls it hasn't always been for girls that's a cultural choice you mm-hmm. know and and even when pink was for boys in the fucking 1800s that was still a cultural choice pink is for no one pink is just a fucking innocuous color on a spectrum yeah. you know yeah. like it's 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 a nothing you know there's no morals to pink there there's no culture mm-hmm. to pink we just we place meaning onto things that inherently have no meaning um so yeah, so I spun myself away from whatever point I was saying. Yeah. yeah, we have associations with different things, and we can mm-hmm. choose to yeah to stick with the cultural associations or to ignore them. And I think that's that's totally valid. Yeah, I love purple partly because it's considered the color of magic, but like I mean, not Terry Pratchett's color of magic, but you know, yeah, in general, <laughs> the color of magic. Yes. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, yeah, and I'm like, cool. That is a cultural association I like with that color. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I fully acknowledge like growing up yes like as a you know uh you know cis white boy i would not wear pink to, you know much pink because it was just like oh that's not that, that's not a color i'm sh- I, you know that's a color that would cause other people to find mm-hmm. discomfort around me if i was wearing too much of mm-hmm. or like you know certain types of clothing Whereas, and like, that's because you were in a culture yes. not a community yeah <laughs> yeah 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 like i love a good wearing a good swish like like swishy pants and such yes but do i want the like cultural like attention of like walking around in a long skirt every day mm-hmm. not really exactly well and that's what i mean too but like totems right culture is just built by totems it's built by associations you know it's the whole it's the whole you know it's the whole debate about pronouns it's why these fucking mouth breathers can't accept pronouns because to them a word means this and they're not a, they're not willing to accept that it could you know mean that same mm-hmm. thing for someone else you know um, yeah yeah um, it's uh it's gotta be we gotta make more descriptive grammarians instead of prescriptive grammarians words literally. can change yeah god or we could just start we could just go back to grunting i honestly think we need mm. to just go back to just sounding just eliminate words altogether as a writer i fucking hate words <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> oh but you, there's so much you can read into a grunt and so often it's misconstrued well, uh, I mean, yeah, I, that's just called a word, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. Um, all yeah, words are grunts. Um, listen, you know, Andrew, um, before we wrap up, you know, I do just have the one last action, action question. But, mm-hmm. like, this has been so much fucking fun. It's so nice to reconnect with you. It's so nice to chat with you. And, like, yeah. I, I was – admittedly, I was worried. You know, we haven't spoken in – almost 20 years you know I think like we briefly spoken to saskatoon fringe festival year once oh my god maybe? Yeah, that was i mean I may- briefly maybe i mean and even then i i was so fucking dysregulated for four years straight there that like yeah. i apologize for not even remembering it that sucks oh, it was it was also a brief interaction so yeah no fair, fair. but it's like it's like yeah it's like it's been so long and i was just like yeah, I was worried and and I didn't need to be because you are amazing. You're charming and you're engaging and you're so funny and I just I I and insightful and I just like thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. Oh. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you for uh, yeah, talking through my therapy questions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I I just have, excited I, to see a Paul Heyman. I, I <laughs> yeah, appreciate that. I just have, you know, I I I really I really value people who are willing to talk about this stuff openly because it's not Uh easy, you know? And so, so thank you for that. Um, um, The very last question. I always like to leave listeners on a little, a little actionable step. And uh, I'm curious, 
if you have one thing that they could try doing to be a better friend this week to either to themselves or their community around them? Um, yeah. Uh, well, aside from the go make some calendar items for people that that have relationship degradation and stuff, so you can, or if you forget to interact with humans and it's helpful for you, make sure to do that. Um, otherwise, uh, approach your friends with uh, curiosity, uh, with a desire to know more about what's going on in their lives, because um, yeah, everyone can use a friend who's excited to find out what's going on and uh yeah support in that way i love it i love it you heard it here first go don't be a dick you know (laughs) (laughs) um andrew is there um is there anywhere you would like listeners to find you uh do you want to stay mysterious Hmm. or do you want to do you want followers or what would you like uh, no, I mean, you can find me and I have 2,000 people attached to my Facebook because I want people to know what I'm doing. And uh, yeah, and if I'm not on my ADHD meds, I will accidentally spend hours on social medias. Uh, so it's called self Andrew Wade, it's like the like slash Andrew D.E. Wade or uh, Instagram is also Andrew D.E. Wade. D.E. are my middle initials. Uh, also makes me sound French. Uh, and... I've got a TikTok that I update like once a month. I forget what that one is. Um, you can search around. Uh, yeah. I'm also andrewwade.ca, which is a website that I sorely need to update because I can't decide if it's supposed to be a blog or an actor's resume or a stage <sighs> management thing or God, what. Tell me about it. I hate, I I, I'm ne- I never know what to do with any of these things. The struggle is real. Yeah. I, the CBC people who hired me for the mascot gig apparently did look at my website before contacting me. So apparently it was good enough for that. Hey, there you go. If it's good enough for the CBC, it's good enough for me. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for chatting. Uh, yeah, this, this has been delightful. This has been the best. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. And that's it. Thank you one more time to Andrew for coming on the show. It was such a pleasure catching up with him. And uh, I wish him just all the best. We're trying to catch a wrestling show here in the future. So uh, maybe we'll do an update when we get to that. (laughs) If you like the show, please be sure to leave a five-star review anywhere you listened. It helps me out so much. And it's completely free for you. Speaking of free things, why not sign up for the weekly Friendless Substack? You're going to get a loaded update every week filled with um, a little essay from me along with a curated playlist for the month as well as recommendations for books, movies, music, uh, YouTube links, pens, stuffed animals, all kinds of fun stuff. Anything that's kind of distracted me in the week, I share with you. It's a ton of fun. It's always free. You can sign up for that in the show notes. And lastly, if you haven't followed yet, please be sure to follow along with Hey, Sorry I Missed You, my year-long novel in verse that I am sharing every day on Instagram. It's been an absolute pleasure sharing, and uh, the reception has been just so kind and so supportive. And um, yeah, I can't wait to share more. So check that out. Again, all the links, including all my other social medias, at Pod, all that is in the show notes. So please be sure to follow along. But that's it for me, so let's wrap this up here. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to catch you back here next week. But I'm not going to worry about that right now, and neither should you, because that is then, 
And this is now. So for now, all I'll say is I love you. And I wish you well. Fun and safety, sweeties.